0: The conference championship games are here. We want all of our listeners to join us these last few weeks of the NFL season, so we are offering our best deal of the year. For this week only, you can save $150 on our all-access postseason package, making it so you can see all of our exclusive content, NFL plays, and player props. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click on the blue banner up top to get access.
1: Whoa! Welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we are. We made it. Conference Championship Weekend. Just three games left of the entire season. We got two this weekend. How are we doing today?
0: Yeah, we are here, man. Really, kind of at the you know the end of the line because we'll be like two weeks of you know. Super Bowl coverage after this, so this is kind of like the last normal weekend, or it's like a week leading into these games, and then everything's kind of like a spectacle after this. But uh, I think we got here with the four teams that I think were the best four teams in the NFL, which we really don't often get in an individual season. So I do feel like uh, these were the correct four teams to be standing this weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely in in the NFC, you can you know go up and down whether you think that Buffalo. Like could have been there. Right. Obviously they were like the number one team in DVOA throughout the season uh, but I think we, and I wrote about this uh, for the website and I kind of looked at the four teams that lost last weekend kind of how that happened and kind of what their outlook is going on. We just kind of saw against the Bengals there were the flaws in the Bills roster were so right. accentuated in that game specifically that like you, yeah, you, you can easily argue like it, it's a it's very close between those two, but yeah, the fact that we got the chiefs definitely got the two best teams in the NFC uh, and the Bengals right now, the way they're playing. Absolutely. So like we, we got some very good conference championship games uh, on the slate here. And that that's very exciting.
0: Yeah. So any, anytime we get like this kind of, and we have a, a fun NFC matchup that we haven't seen yet. I think a lot of people want yeah. to see the Eagles and 49ers play this season. Uh, we get the rematch of Bengals Chiefs, which have they played three excellent games. I know that it, you know, everyone wants to keep citing, you know, the the Bengals three and record in those games. They've been awesome games, and the Chiefs have led two of those games at halftime. They've haven't trailed in any of the three going into the fourth quarter. They've been really, really good football games, and we're really hoping that they have a, another fourth one in the chamber for us.
1: Yeah, it, I think they will, uh, and that's that's what. The exciting thing is, is that we do have uh, these quality of teams. We, we've gotten through, we've gotten through all the close games throughout the throughout the regular season between teams that that aren't really good, and hopefully we're gonna get a uh, close games between teams that are good uh, this weekend. So we can just dive into it. Uh, let's let's start just with the first game. It's gonna be the NFC Championship game, San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, as we're recording this, uh, San Francisco. Uh, plus two and a half so eagles are a two and a half point favorite um the line is' 46 and a half it's here we go like and this is I think the one fun thing about this is what you mentioned is we have not seen this matchup like a lot of these games that we have and even the ones in other rounds that we were excited mm-hmm. about we had seen already uh, but this is uh a completely uh, new matchup so like we don't really have much to go off of uh in this game which which is a lot of fun because two very interesting offenses are going against two very interesting defenses uh and just kind of the way they're matched up i'm I'm very excited to to dive into this so um where would you like to start in this game
0: (laughs) i mean you kind of i mean we've got two inherently good defenses right and like a lot of people when you talk about the both these teams the eagles and the 49ers they talk about The first thing is, like, the schedules both face. But, like, we've talked about it all year. Like, no one faced a good schedule in the NFL this year. Like, there's no team that had, like, a hard schedule. There just weren't enough good teams in the NFL this year. Uh, But we inherently know both of these defenses are good, right? Like, we know talent-wise, structurally, and, like, when you look at all three levels, like, they're made up of good players, right? And they're good – we know they're good defenses. And both offenses, I think, are interesting because of just how versatile they are. You know, obviously, we talked about the 49ers last week, uh, you know, and and just – they might not have, like, the the best – Any position, but they, when you put them all together, like they are probably the deepest and most versatile and the Eagles are are pretty much up there too, as well, especially when you incorporate, you know, what Jalen hurts can do with his, from mobility stance. And we talked about last week that the, how the Eagles were going to basically flip and attack the giants, their linebackers. And, you know, on the interior run game downhill, I'm really curious to see how they attack the 49ers. Like what's the calibration to attack the 49ers, right? Like you're not going to get a downhill run game. Is it all about Jalen hurts legs? To me, from a top-down stance, the 49ers have like one weakness and it's vertical passing, and they've got two really good wide receivers. It feels very much like an extension of what we talked about in the Seattle game, right? But the Eagles are just better in all those other areas where the Eagles or the Seahawks had these two awesome receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyre Lockett. And we said if they want to win this game, those guys have to have huge games. I feel like there is an extension of that here where A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have to go nuts but the rest of the Eagles team is just so much better than that Seahawks team, right? Like the defense is better. The offensive line is better. The quarterbacks player. Like, so, but I do think it starts with those two wide receivers though, and where you're going to have the success against the 49ers, the the ball going through those two guys.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun to think about what that is because we, we do have these these teams and I think it's going to be kind of the, 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 the focus of like, so many of these games is, is how you, these teams can can adjust because a lot of these teams are, are very versatile, like all four uh, that are playing on like both sides of the ball. Uh when you look at what the, the Eagles are, like they they are one, they're going to have to play a different game than they did against the Giants, like you said, but they they can. And that's that's in their back, and they're they're going to be able to to get in there and, and give some different looks because you said against the Giants, it was all about getting those linebackers uh, in hell. Um, it was it, especially in that run game. It was how do we get different angles um, and looks against Dexter Lawrence in that interior? Because as soon as we get past that, like it's we literally have nothing to worry about. Um, it, and then you get to that second level, and the linebackers were just for the Giants were just absolutely terrible. Like they there were not good players going into the game. They had a rough game on top of that. Uh, you cannot get any different quality of linebacker play <laughs> than you would for what you saw against the Giants last week and what you would be seeing against the 49ers this week. Uh, I just think that there's there's not a bigger difference uh, in linebacker. So obviously, like, you're not going to be doing it that way. And, you know, the, um, the 49ers still have a decent – you know, interior defensive line. But again, that's like, not like what you're, you're going against there. And, you know, so much of what the, the Eagles have been doing is just bullying with, with that offensive line. And they did it so much against the giants. And even with, you know, that defensive line that they do have, you know, it's Kelsey just getting out all over the place. Like every single player on that Eagles offensive line can like pull in any direction on any play. It's like, they obviously easily have the most fun offensive line. Um, that's probably going to have to hold up a little more in in pass protection because I think that is what you want, uh, when you're, you're targeting that outside because the 49ers just take that middle of the field away. And that's kind of where the Eagles have been living a little bit. You know, that's the, the old AJ Brown of where, you know, he uh, was killing before this season. Now he's running to the outside. We'll see how healthy AJ Brown is too. Um, because that was that was a bit of a concern, uh, you know, wasn't playing to you know full strength toward the end of that Giants game. Uh, apparently, he's not too concerned about it. There's not a lot of people too concerned about it in, on the Eagle side. Uh, so, if you can hold up in that on the offensive line, you can give Jalen Hurts a, a little bit of a pocket and just start kind of chucking the ball downfield, like we've we've seen you have it. Um, and like they go four deep there too, right? Because they're they're one of the deeper receiver rooms. You got AJ Brown, and, and if he's cover, we kind of talked about it last week. He's covered. You have Devontae Smith, and like they had that, uh, that nice shot to Devontae Smith, like at, right off the start uh, in that game. And then, like, we'll, we'll bring it back. You, you got Quez Watkins, who can be that number three vertical guy. And like, this is a type of game where he could be a part of you know what you need because like that's the type of game that the Eagles are going to have to play uh, in this game.
0: Yeah, they might, they're gonna have to dust off our guy Quest. We know Zach Pascal who ran a little bit over him last week. You know with the with the run game, but yeah, I mean you do go back to last year and it's a different team. Uh, you know the Eagles had last, these teams played last year, and it was obviously a different version of Jalen Hurts. And you didn't have AJ Brown, but uh, Jalen Hurts didn't complete a, a pass over the middle of the field in that game. You know, I at mean, all that,
1: that happens. <laughs> yeah, I've I've shared uh, many uh, next gen stats charts passing charts uh this year where the middle of the field is just empty against the 49ers because yep. that, that's what they do um from i mean fred warner like we, we've talked about him a whole bunch and obviously the, the play that he was covering cd lamb um that yeah, was absolutely like insane but like he does that every week against somebody um he would do that i remember there was a play against jerry judy he did that like earlier in the season against denver like he just he just does that and the crazy thing is like I, i wrote about it very early in the season of like they will have those mugged up looks where fred warner is on the line and he's like looks like he's going to blitz and then Two seconds later, he's 15 yards deep down the field, uh, like covering the the slot receiver, and it, it, it's insane. And just kind of what they do, they take away that entire piece of the field, um, which we know from like both of these offenses is a place they do like to use. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's we're gonna have to figure out how those shots outside are gonna happen. We'll go back to the, you know the old Jalen Hurts. Right. It was the whole Jalen Hurts uh, passing charts where, uh, you know, deep shots down the sideline or scrambles. And and that might be this game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think I actually I think Quest caught a long one in the one last year, but he does get a little bit in the slot. He gets those deep targets. But I do think the Eagles are going to come out and be aggressive. I mean, they've kind of shown it a little bit this year. And now, granted, the 49ers are a much better pass defense than like the Titans or the commanders. Right. Like other good run defenses the Eagles have faced but the Eagles have faced a a, a number of teams that are good against the run and they've shown that they're going to come out and like, and throw the ball a lot early in those games. Yeah. Uh, I put into worksheet. They face six teams this season that are in the top ten uh, in success rate against the run. The 49ers are second, obviously, only behind the Titans. Uh, and on the, in those games, the Eagles drop back the pass 69% of the time in the first half of those games against everybody else. It was 60% pass rate in the first half of those games. Obviously, in the second half of many of their games, they just did what they did last week against the Giants and <laughs> just hand the ball off yeah. at, at, at nauseum. But uh, I do think they're going to have to come out and establish kind of uh, early th- throwing the ball. I-, I think this game from a top-down stance looks a lot like uh, maybe a heightened version of what we had last week you know, with Dallas-San Francisco because the Eagles are a better defense than Dallas is, but it was the first real kind of like – Legitimate kind of pass rush. defense. I think the, the Cowboys, the back third of the year, their defense was not nearly as good as it was the front two thirds of the year. But we've seen when the Brock Purdy and the 49ers actually had to face a, a more aggressive defense. Uh, they had their fewest yards per play in a game. Purdy started by far. Uh, they had just three games of fewer yards per play in the regular season uh, that they had lower against Dallas. Um, they were, they had the fewest yards for play of any team that won last week. They had the lowest red zone conversion rate, the lowest third down conversion rate. And I just think the Eagles are a better defense all around than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are really good at getting pressures, but they're bad at converting pressures into, you know, sacks. Yeah. They're, they're, they're first NFL in pressure rate, 15th in sack rate. They pressured Purdy 50% of the time. It was the highest rate in the league last week. They only had two sacks on those 16 pressures. The Eagles are number one in the NFL in converting pressures into sacks so because Purdy, for all of his, you know, the hemming and hawing of was Purdy going to will, and he was not that great under pressure, but who really is good under pressure, right? Like all quarterbacks lose a little bit under pressure, but Purdy, when he was under pressure was, was really sharp and clean. He didn't turn the ball over. You know, some of those weren't his fault. I mean, like, you know, cause like Trayvon Diggs had a gift wrapped interception, uh, the pass was tipped, but you know, if the Eagles are able to turn turn those in, pressures into negative plays, cause they avoided the negative plays last week under pressure. And if the Eagles turn those into negative plays, that's where you can kind of see like this game kind of flip.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm real interested to see what the, the 49ers are able to kind of construct uh, around it. Is it something where uh, they are going to rely on, on the run game a a little bit and kind of try to keep that pass rush from, from really getting there at least early in the game. Um, And like, It's interesting because we keep coming back to like kind of the same thing every year where the 49ers run game is really good and well designed, but also not necessarily always efficient on a down to down basis. So you can't be over reliant uh, on keeping the ball on the ground, even though uh, the ground game, everything looks so good and that opens up the play action uh, in the way that everything looks the same. Um, But that's that's probably not how you're going to go uh, about it um, uh, against the Eagles. You just you won't be able to to do that. Although you know the Eagles have been hit or miss uh, against the run uh, this year, kind of dependent on who's on the field. What, what I am interested to see is, is again it, like the, the 21 personnel again, um, and this is kind of we'll see how healthy Christian McCaffrey is. He has the the calf issue again. it, it kind of seems like it's a bit of an issue, but no one seems overly concerned. Uh, about it, Eagles, 29th in EPA per play uh, against 21 this year. But it's kind of the, the same thing we kind of saw with the Cowboys because they they play in the same division, had a very similar schedule. Uh, they had the second fewest plays against 21 personnel this year. Um, and 16 of them came in the two games against the Giants, and those aren't even really real 21 personnel plays because it's like Gary Brightwell and Barkley, so it's not like – it's it's not – you know, a traditional 21. So it's more, you know, pony with it, with the tight end. Um, you know, so they only had 38 plays against non-Giants opponents uh, from the actual 21. But what's interesting is the, 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 the Eagles are, you know, a very, you know, nickel heavy team, but against on those 38 plays, and again, like that's such a small sample, but it's kind of what we have to go on here. They played 71.1% base. Uh, against those 21 personnel looks and you don't really if you're the eagles you do not want that many linebackers on the field because you don't really like have that many good ones um but the niners you know even with what they do they have gotten teams to play 69.1 percent base uh, against them when they've played 21 this year um So if the Eagles can, if the Niners can either get you know one of those defensive backs off the field, or you like have to take out you know you're not going to take off a Hassan Reddick or something, but if you're you know switching one of those off ball linebackers to uh, to be like a more traditional linebacker, uh, that's definitely probably the the way you want to be uh, against uh, this defense. So if you can get them to to switch some of that personnel around. just by the, what you're lining up at. And that's kind of, you know, one of one of the, the the magic tricks of of what San Francisco does as they just get you in looks that you don't really either want to be in or you're not comfortable in. Uh and since the Eagles have played so few like actual snaps against an offense that looks like this and even even like you said the, the 21 personnel that they have seen, um even the non-Giants snaps are not going to be the 21 personnel looks you see against the Niners. Um yeah, it, it, it's fascinating how, how that matches up because I, I'm very interested to see like what their, their personnel is if they like try to stay small uh, and try to stop the pass uh, in that way because um, yeah, that's that's really kind of like where their personnel strength is on defense.
0: Yeah, it's the inverse of the 49ers, right? Like, you know, yeah. you want to attack the 49ers on the perimeter and downfield, and you want to attack the Eagles on the interior, uh, you know, where they've been a little bit softer against, you know, slot receivers, tight ends and stuff. And that's where the 49ers live, right? Like, even even their boundary receivers are largely just going to get their targets over the middle of the field because they're running, you know, crossers and, you know, all the, all the, yep. all the digs and stuff, so... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the cat and mouse game. I think how both these teams approach things. I think both defenses are are just really good though, and we're going to probably see something similar to last week, where we might only have like three offensive touchdowns in this game, right? I'm like who who scores them? You know, it could be. I think this game's going to be pretty tight. If there, if you were to force me and say like which one of these games has a bigger chance to be like kind of like a, a non-game, I would say this one. Although I don't believe that's going to happen. But I mean, you, obviously, if you have. The situation where the Eagles are turning those pressures into actual, you know, splash plays defensively. That's how you get the run out for this game. You know, everyone's waiting for like the other shoe to drop kind of still with Purdy. He's been just kind of he's been more fine. Like he's doing the job. Um, Right. And that's and that's completely fine. That's completely adequate. Um, And everyone's kind of waiting. for That's the point (laughs) of the 49ers. Right. right? Like that's
1: what it was supposed to be um you know they had Jimmy Garoppolo who was fine that was why they got Trey Lance because all he had to do was be fine in order for this offense to be we had this exact conversation yes the ceiling I I said the (laughs) Trey Lance had to be so bad for this 49ers offense to not be good um that's why we were high on the 49ers coming into the season right um
0: and, and he and so, also like, had I'm, the other outcome of being just a higher ceiling. Of, these guys. of being
1: great. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm Purdy big that. picture.
0: Yeah. And we can we can stick a pin in that because you know it'll be a hot topic, especially if they go to the Super Bowl. But like that's why Purdy is should just be the backup next year, still too, though. Like <laughs> right.
1: Um, so so that's there still yeah. is
0: another gear that this 49ers offense has that we have not seen because of the quarterback play they've had to this point.
1: Yeah. You can take, the, like, Trey Lance did not get to play in the Christian McCaffrey offense, and like that, the, the shit that Kyle Shanahan could potentially scheme up with a mobile quarterback and the personnel they
0: currently have is, like, that's insane. Um, but, you know. And not right. even to be like a Trey Lance like defender, just any quarterback that has a higher ceiling than Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? right. Like, there's And
1: that, there's, that, that was the point going into right, the season. Right,
0: exactly. Because yeah. we didn't know that. we were. It wasn't a thing that's like, Trey Lance is going to do this. It was the potential for right. this to go there. Because we don't know. Uh, and we do know that still with the other two guys that they've had this year, you know, Garoppolo and Purdy. Like this, because we already seen it two years ago. Like Garoppolo got them within minutes of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like and there still is another gear this offense, personnel-wise and schematically, it has with really, really elevated quarterback play, which we've not seen in this system. And and even if
1: it's not elevated, just that extra element, right? And that's like what we see with the Eagles of how important it is to like be able to play eleven on eleven in the run game. And like that's a whole other just dimension that we haven't really seen unlocked and that's where the eagles have been so good with so much of their their run game and their pass game because you have to account for for jalen hurts and that's what a, a ton of uh, even like the the runs against the giants were last week where even when you know the offensive line was was playing bully ball and they were you know putting those linebackers in hell a lot of it was because they had to account for for jalen hurts um in that game and you know, the, the 49ers haven't had a, you know, a ton of looks against mobile quarterbacks um, on no. defense. Uh, so they were, you know, around like 12th in against in EPA per play against quarterback runs. Uh, but again, it, like you haven't seen Jalen Hurts.
0: So like maybe, they have been maybe worse that's in previous sad. years, yeah. like, you know, under Fangio and D'Amico Ryans uh, they have, they have been a little bit worse. They've only fa- And you saw the Cowboys pull out a little bit that the, uh, the, the the one read they ran play on the second drive of the game to Dak where he almost scored. Uh, yeah, that was an awesome play. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that. You know, I know and Fred I Warner think, was disappointed in the RPO question that someone asked him yesterday. But yeah, yeah, you're going to get um, a lot of that. This, this but Sunday. but but
1: I think that's that's kind of it. Kind of goes back into like the the linebacker conversation we were having because they're so kind of aggressive in pass coverage. And they're, you know, dropping back a little bit, yeah. you have linebackers who are you know, playing deeper and, and have more responsibility than other teams you kind of have that opening a little bit in that short area where you can take advantage of some scrambles, uh, and things. So, uh, that, I think that that very small, short area between, I think the the Eagles can take advantage of it with scrambles. I think the 49ers against the Eagles defense can take advantage of it with, with some running back, uh, throws, uh, because the Eagles for as good as they have been against, you know, basically everybody there uh, second in DVOA against uh, number one receivers or fourth in DVOA against number two receivers, six in DVOA against tight ends 24th uh, against running backs in the passing game. That's probably not what you want uh, against a team that has Christian McCaffrey. So how you kind of, you and know, basically get those Samu- to we open can up count things.
0: Debo Samuel as those targets too. Uh, sure. Yeah. He it, yeah. He, he
1: wouldn't count for them in the stats, but yeah, yeah. stylistically, yeah, absolutely. When you have him in the backfield, again, he's getting
0: just, what 30, 34% of his targets under from Purdy or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. 32.4% yeah, have come behind the line of scrimmage at Purdy. So they, they, those are running back targets.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, yeah, in, in theory, like it's, it's the same type of thing. So I think we'll kind of see that type of, of kind of, you know, attack from, from the 49ers where, Uh, it's, it's going to be some, some short stuff. Um, you're not going to ask Purdy to do it too much. It's going to probably try to get the ball out, you know, as quickly as you can to stop that pass rush. Um, it's uh, fascinating coming from, from both sides. And this is a, it's so much fun because it is a matchup that we haven't seen. Um, and it is two, I think like very, or really four very unique units, uh, in this game going against each other. So it's going to
0: be a lot of fun. Yeah, on both sides of the ball too. There's yeah. going to be a lot of a lot of adjustments being made. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: speaking of of, of adjustments, I mean the, the Bengals. That's that's kind of what they do. It's it's all adjustments. So in the AFC Championship game, as we are speaking right now, Cincinnati Bengals against the, the Chiefs. As of this moment, it could change. Chiefs favored by one. Um, we'll see. It's been like. It's it opened, uh, the Kansas City was favored by what two and a half. Uh, then it's gone like all the way to the Bengals almost by three. Uh, it's it's been up and down, I guess, you know, depending on the Patrick Mahomes videos, uh, that we've seen <laughs> yep. on Twitter is what's gonna, you know, swing the line. If well, he's well, not limping or not,
0: if he's not limping the rest of the week, I think it'll stay Chiefs' favorite by one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I guess like the it the, the Kevin Nash gif is really yes. the, the thing that goes on Twitter but if he like goes into um comes out of the tunnel in the like the Willy Wonka uh introduction when he first comes out of the chocolate factory and limp in and then like just forward rolls um <laughs> you know into it that's that's what we'll see from home so I go, all right, so we have we have seen this game before uh, we saw it this year we saw it uh, last year in the AFC championship game um, it's gonna be a fun game so
0: five years in a row for Mahomes pretty I mean, good yeah but he's he's lost a bunch of them I mean all right. Well, yeah we, we mean... don't need to we don't need to get into that um,
1: <laughs> yeah if, if you're not on Twitter you don't need uh, to understand what that discussion was and if you are on Twitter yeah.
0: you get dragged into the dredges of darkness <sighs>
1: Yeah. Um, it's, all right. So so here we are. The Chiefs again. They're they're very good. Uh, the Bengals also um, had a, had a fun game uh, against uh, the Bills. Just kind of doing a lot of kind of what we talked about. We just kind of, especially on, on defense, right? And that's kind of what this Bengals team has been. All the adjustments they do on defense. What makes them so fun is they they don't have a thing right it's it's not (laughs) they they don't they they mix up a whole bunch of stuff and we kind of talked about it like especially on on their third downs and they give all the the varied looks and and against uh, the bills they were doing a whole bunch of like we're gonna send mike hilton from the slot um we're just gonna throw a whole bunch of different looks and like obviously you're not going to be running slot blitzes against patrick mahomes because that will you'll get killed uh, in that way. But like they can win that way last week and they can change it up uh, this week. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do in this game because of the Mahomes injury. And even if he's like not limping, even if it's just hindering him a little bit, so much of what he can do is you know, those, those scramble plays. And especially when the Bengals are dropping eight as kind of often as they do. Right. And that's kind of been their Mahomes thing. That was the big change up in the second half of, of the championship game last year. Um, how often uh, they dropped eight, just kind of make Mahomes sit in the pocket, like run around a little bit and, and stop him from doing it. So, uh, Mahomes has faced a lot of drop eight this year. Right. Um, But he was 0.46 EPA per play, which was third highest at 8.57 ADOT, uh, 10.52 yards per attempt. So he kind of killed it, but 3.12 average seconds to throw. Um, With 34.7% within two and a half seconds, um, and 26.5% were four seconds or more. So, like that, that's kind of the point of the drop eight. You kind of are covering up. Lanes, uh, you have that extra guy in coverage, so you just kind of make him sit there and and wait to either find an opening or, you know, something does happen where he, he has to you know move around. Just make him sit in that pocket a little bit. In the drop eight against the bangles from the the earlier this season, earlier game this season, -0. 0.73 EPA per play. He had a sixteen point five a dot but one point five yards per attempt. Uh, you have Four point six seconds time to throw. 20% of those, it was five drop backs, so one came uh, within two and a half seconds. The other four came four more seconds. So if you're making Patrick Mahomes kind of sit there uh, with that ankle where he can't really do damage scrambling, maybe that's kind of gives you... Uh, yeah, a little extra because he's going to have to eventually force something um, if if those throws aren't there because he's not going to be able to do damage with the legs. And I think that's kind of what has made Mahomes so dangerous in the way like you close your eyes and picture a Mahomes throw. It's something that's come in like five seconds after the snap as he's making like some unreal throw outside the pocket. Um, so how healthy that is and and how comfortable he is moving around the pocket. If even if they're not sending pressure, I think you might think that like you'd want to send pressure against Mahomes and make test that ankle in that way. But I'm not sure like that's the way the Bengals would do it. I think you kind of want to make him, you know, kind of sit there and and force him to to move around a little bit uh, and take away all those, you know, open spaces that could be down the field.
0: Hey, you you look at these these teams they met the last three years and it's basically been the Lou Anaruma special right like the yeah. the, the Bengals have outscored them forty eight to nineteen in the second half of those those three games yeah. Uh, and that's kind of been Lou calling card, right? Like the second half of games, like the Bengals are going to make like the the adjustments necessary uh, and really kind of thwart you. It's kind of like the first half over in this game because uh, I don't really have like a great lean on the side. I'm From a top-down stance, I, I think the Bengals are a better team. It's just the Chiefs have the best player in football. And how healthy is the best player in football for this yeah. game? And does that matter? But I can tell you one thing I can tell you right now from going in days away. There is no damn way Lou Anarumo and the Bengals are going to let Travis Kelsey get 17 targets in this game. Absolutely not. Uh, there is no way. They're going to make some of these other guys. The Chiefs have to beat them. And just like we saw with Stephon Diggs last week, like they weren't let Stephon Diggs do anything. Some of these other guys have to step up for the Chiefs, and they're not getting anything out of any of these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the first game these teams played earlier this year. Travis Kelsey had 14 percent of the team air yards. He had just one game lower than that this year. He had a five yard depth of target. He had one game just lower than that this season. Like the, the Bengals are not going to let you throw repeated passes that Travis Kelsey like the Jaguars did last week. Uh, and then when these teams played earlier in the year, they limited Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs wide receivers combined for six catches. Like, they're just – they have to get more production out of these – and they're just rotating these guys too. Juju, MVS, Justin Watson is somehow still getting a lot of burn. Yeah. They found at least a role for Caterius Tony. He's not playing a lot, but they were able to get him the football uh, behind the line of scrimmage. But, like, the Chiefs are going to have to get something from non-Travis Kelsey players this week. And maybe that maybe Mahomes is just that good where he coaxes that production out of those players. Sure but which is definitely in the range of outcomes. But th- this is going to be a big game to where we're going to see exactly what the chiefs have without Tyree Hill, right? Like this is, this is one of those games like foot to the fire. Now you're punching up against the, the, the final litmus test, right. To go to the super bowl, to win the super bowl. And now we're going to see if these guys that you put around Travis Kelsey are good enough. And if it does, cause in the regular season, it's fine. You can get by with the best player in football. But now we're talking about a, a one-game winning scenario against teams that are equally as good as you, and you take away an element like Tyreek Hill and you replace it with these guys that are giving you nothing. or They're largely giving you nothing. So let's see what if these guys have, because I guarantee you the Bengals are not going to let Travis Kelsey beat them in this game. Yeah, it's it does seem like that's probably
1: going to be... like it, it obviously tough, because the Jaguars just obviously didn't have anyone to cover and we talked about it going into the game it doesn't matter that you thought that you didn't want like no one goes into a game going yeah (laughs) we're gonna give up a lot of targets to Travis Kelsey um like that we're gonna we're gonna let him beat us yeah uh they just it, it didn't it didn't matter um but what's interesting is when the Bengals do change up all of those things they do on defense they are giving a a bunch of different looks uh, to Kelsey, but Kelsey has has been better this year. And I, I know last year we were kind of talking about how, even going into uh, the that championship game, like Kelsey wasn't you know beating contact off the line of scrimmage like quite as much, and that's part of what was hindering the Chiefs from like what they they could have been. He's playing much better uh, with that this year. But even like when they when they're doing like some of their their drop eight stuff, they had uh, there was one play they had like Trey Hendrickson when he was dropping into coverage, he also uh, was like bumping Kelsey before he was getting uh, into his route. So it's like just extra hands on him. And, and there's obviously yeah, there's going to be more attention there. Uh, what I think is real interesting is you know if the Chiefs just kind of kind of just go like really lean into uh, the quick game if Mahomes is is like even even moderately hurt right because if you just want to get the ball out quickly and it's not necessarily what you think Mahomes is you know excels at and it's probably not the best version of of the Chiefs but uh, this year Mahomes 0.31 epa per play on throws within two and a half seconds of the snap that was the second highest uh, of any quarterback behind jimmy garoppolo and and that uh, 0.31 epa mark was was better than his like overall season right so he's he's thrown uh, a decent amount when you look at like what his his targets have been um this year the 86 of them gone to to travis kelsey you know juju is kind of the the guy there, 0.56 EPA per target, 61 uh, targets on the play. Um, And uh, the 8.8 yards per attempt there, 5.1 air yards. Um, You know, I I think that's kind of going to be the way they, you know, potentially – get around some of the things that the Bengals are going to be doing as if like, it, it doesn't really matter. We're just going to get the ball out before they even like really declare whatever the defense uh, is going to be. And I think you can mix that up a little bit. That's maybe where like Tony comes in with some of those, you know, design things, you know, either behind the line of scrimmage. And you could just be like whipping out every screen uh, he's ever designed. Um in this game if like that is kind of what they have to do and I think that's we'll see that a little more because I think the Chiefs are going to you know so much like it is a well-designed offense all the time but a lot of it is we also have Patrick Mahomes and we'll trust him to do whatever he needs to do but if you know by necessity, they need to, you know, scheme that up a little more. I think the Chiefs offense can also adjust in that way. So I think we're going to see a bunch of different looks from them and more so than we've seen, like, in the past for them, too. I think we'll get some of those, you know, uh, you know, swing passes behind the line of scrimmage. We'll, we'll see some more screens. We'll see a lot more quick game um, from them, uh, in, in this game. And I think that that'll be a fascinating kind of, you know, a push and pull between the offense and the defense, like trying to give looks at, that the other team just hasn't seen yet.
0: Yeah. Especially if we Hartman is able to play too, we know what he's going to be his role in the offense. We might see a chiefs have, have multiple wide receiver rushing attempts in this game. I definitely can see that as something that happens as well, especially if Hartman is active. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those things, like it's they're gonna need to get production out of those guys though, for sure. Uh because it's 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 and it, and if they lose this game because like Travis Kelsey has like, you know, six for sixty-five, like a, a really good game for a tight end and that's not Travis Kelsey. But <laughs> like, you know, uh and no one else does anything, it's just gonna come back to like damn the Tyree kill trade, right? Like it's it is. There's just no way that it won't it won't come back to that um and and, you know not having that other component so like this is a big kind of like culmination of like all the moves the Chiefs made this offseason um you know well that big one you know obviously you know moving a guy like Tyreek Hill uh and 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 was that ultimately the the right choice to make uh Tyreek Hill also just coming off of the highest yards per route run the second highest in NFL history uh so (laughs) so so, still can play he can still play too but uh, the, the the other side is where I have the hardest time when I come to the Chiefs, right? Because when I think of like all the units of the four teams left, the Chiefs' defense is the worst unit uh, of all the teams, and that's kind of and, and they haven't been good in this particular matchup at all. Like Burrow has absolutely shredded them. Uh, you look at the Chiefs; they're they're so dependent on getting pressure on the quarterback. I know I put this in the article the last couple weeks, but when the Chiefs pressure the opposing quarterback. They are sixth in completion rate allowed, 42.4%. They've allowed just 3.6 yards for pass attempt when they pressure quarterback. It's the lowest in the NFL. When they don't get pressure on a quarterback, they've allowed a league high 75% completion rate, 7.8 yards for pass attempt. That's 24th, and a 5.5% touchdown rate. That's 30th. Joe Burrow, when they have not pressured Joe Burrow in these three games, remember, they've only sacked him one time in each of the past two matchups. And he, they only sacked him one time in the AFC title game last year after Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans. Everyone thought that was going to be a big thing, right? Uh, <laughs> they only sacked him once in that game. But when they haven't pressured Burrow in those three games, cleared 75% of his passes, 9.1 yards for pass attempts, seven touchdowns, one interception. They pressured Burrow on just 22% of his dropbacks in week 13. It was the lowest rate the Chiefs pressured any quarterback outside of Tom Brady this year. We talked about it last week when the Bills were going to f- face them. The, like The Bengals, like structurally, like they get rid of the football too damn fast now. Like for you to like really like for it to be like a major thing. Sure, the snow probably helped a little bit, but right. the Bengals are going to get the ball out fast in this game. Like we know, it's coming out hot, uh, and the Chiefs are going to have to do a lot of things that they didn't do this year: like guard wide receivers and tackle. Uh, and it's when I keep coming down to this game, it's like the Chiefs' defense is the one weak, the weakest side of the ball for any of these teams.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because they they play in a way where stylistically is kind of like what you want to do against the Bengals, but the Bengals have just kind of been able to, to torch it a little bit. And, and yeah, if you go back to like what this offense did against Buffalo last week, and, and like you said, it was, it was out so quickly. Then the bills like started, the, the bills had a, a very strange uh, game yeah. plan where like they, they weren't even pressing the corner. So it was so when there wasn't pressure, there was uh it just a lot of cushion going. So it was a lot of free throws and it just, it, there was not a lot of uh, tackling going on. Um, and then they were kind of, you know, getting a little frustrated. So there was some blitzing a little bit, but they were then still playing back. So it wasn't a lot of, there was no one filling in the space that was uh, being opened up by the blitz. So there were just more open throws. Um, it, it was not a great look for, for the bills uh, defensive game plan uh, going into that game, but, We'll, we'll see something similar. So, the Chiefs actually play the most middle of the field open coverages of any team in the league. And this is, you know, post snap. Um, it's 64.8% uh, of their plays have a, a, a too high after the snap, which is highest in the league, 19.5% quarters, uh, 20.3% cover two. And that's kind of, you know, it's what you want to do against Joe Burrow, right? But a uh, Chiefs are only 18th in EPA per dropback. Uh, when they have uh, too high, post nap they have a twenty percent blitz rate uh, against those, and that's again not what you want to do against the borough, But that's kind of where the Chiefs have been really good, and it's kind of what they were, at, especially um, in, in some points against the the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence, where you have you know some of those. Uh, just kind of like uh, sim pressures and even when you're not blitzing, it still looks like you're, you're sending a lot of guys. Burrow is just going to, because he gets the ball out so quickly, he's just going to you know kill that and that's kind of what we saw with the Jaguars last week too uh, in the first three quarters where I think through three quarters, 43.5% of Trevor Lawrence's throws were at or behind the line of scrimmage um, before they started pushing the ball a little bit in the fourth quarter. But like that was because they knew there was going to be some pressure coming and that was the way, Like again, get the ball out, make the Chiefs tackle a little bit, and you can't really do that. So uh, in this first matchup, Burrow had 0.44 EPA per play uh, against the Chiefs. The next highest quarterback against the chiefs this year was Josh Allen at 0.28. So the burrow had burrow had a day, uh, 7.45, a uh, 25.8% of his throws were in the intermediate level. He was seven for eight. Uh, In that, So and that's kind of where you can get the Chiefs, especially when they're playing too high a little bit. You can get some of those intermediate throws. And and there were a mix of what those were. There were some like hole shots against cover two down the sideline, like to chase, but there was also like some some Tyler Boyd and T Higgins in the middle of the field. And that's kind of just that area. And I think in when you can still get the ball out quickly and push the ball downfield, which we haven't seen Burrow do a whole lot, but he was able to do it against the Chiefs. I think that's that's part of like what this is going to be also it was a lot of just you know it was just finding those areas uh, in zone um and he was he kind of saw that last week too he was five for six 1.59 epa per play uh into the intermediate level against the bills last week um so i think if if the Bengals can kind of you know figure out how to do that get that ball out quickly, but still find the hole in in some of those zones Uh, to push the ball down the field a little more. I I, like, that's, I think their, their path uh, to win there too, because I think that's where the chiefs are a little susceptible.
0: Yeah. Same thing. Chiefs, uh, you know, slot receivers middle of the field stuff like has been kind of a killer for them. Uh, We saw Christian Kirk, you know, have the, you know, the opportunity last week, He, he left one play on the field, you know, that, you know, some people call it an overthrow. I think it was a pretty good throw. But, you know, that, that, was, yeah. the, that was a shot that the, you know, the Jags had to make a big play and kind of turn the tide of that game. So we talked about this, though, like uh, last week with the Bills, and it didn't end up mattering. But, like, you know, they have built the whole passing game out of Jamar Chase. Uh, this would be a great spot to, like, dust off a guy like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, right? Like, it would be just a tremendous spot. Because the Chiefs have struggled so much, uh, you know, to one guard receivers and guard interior wide receivers uh they've just been hammering chase but I nah, listen if i was running a team i'd want to get Chase the football as much as possible too i don't blame them for this but they have two really other good players also uh to, to open some things up so if the chiefs are going to dedicate uh, a lot of you know bodies to slow down chase i mean the Bengals have to get t higgins you know going here i mean he's had fewer than 40 receiving yards in six of his past seven games like he's too good of a player to have those kind of like have that kind of production right like way too good of a player um, so yeah, I, i I've been chasing these guys bouncing back, but I definitely believe that both Higgins and Boyd are going to have a larger role Sunday than they've had, you know, in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's certainly possible. And, you know, the Chiefs have, you know, some good corners, but they don't have a great corner. Um, and so that's kind of again that's that's where you can kind of get them and because they they play zone so much like even with those corners just like Ed, that's it's the open space they, they took out and just right. kind of going back and, and watching that that's just kind of it, it wasn't like a, a one-on-one burrows not throwing a lot of like a contested catch uh you know type of balls it was he, he was finding the space there so um how the chiefs kind of to figure that out uh is going to I think matter a lot, because if if you're giving them the same looks uh, that they did, uh, Burrow's just going to completely take advantage uh, of that. Because... Hayden Hurst
0: only played nine snaps in that first game before he was forced out. And I know, you know, Hayden Hurst is not some some holy deity of the tight end position, but he's involved a lot more than Mitchell Wilcox is than the past game who had to play the rest of that game. Uh, in week 13. So, I mean, Hayden Hurst has been getting targeted and especially targeted per route, you know, that since he's come back from injury. So just another body the Chiefs will have to contend with. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's that's what makes this game uh, really fun, too.
0: Um,
1: and again, was- I have a hard
0: time seeing this game being like uh, one sided, though, for sure. I think if you're looking at like the outcomes of any which game has the lowest odds of being one sided, it has to be this one, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I, – I don't want to, you know, uh, jinx it by saying it, but I, I have a hard time seeing either one of these games being really one-sided. Well, you should um, say
0: that last week when they all were one-sided. <laughs> it's true. Because, um, you know, if there's a scenario where, like, the Eagles get up 10 early, like – there's a chance that could that yeah. just like the 49ers just structurally aren't. And honestly, inversely, the Eagles might not be structurally, you know, built to play like down two touchdowns either. But like if, if either of these teams like fall behind, like, are you even like, like say, say like the chiefs come out and they're up 10, nothing, 13, not 14, nothing early or inversely, the Bengals are like, are you even like worried that like the chiefs or Bengals are coming back?
1: I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, I, we've we that's what we've seen, right? Right. We've seen uh, in these in these games where uh, it's either one team kind of you know takes a lead or a little bit, and we've we've seen the fourth quarters become very close, and because they're especially because it's been the Bengals the other way. They've you know if they've gone into halftime with a deficit, uh they've you know thrown some stuff in, in the second half that uh, complete change up and has you know changed the game. So I kind of feel like that that's what we'll see like from from the start here um so yeah just fun games i I think we're like you said at the start we've we've gotten the 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 four right teams at least at at this point uh in the season which which is fun um
0: yeah that's all we can ask for
1: it is. that's true. Uh, just watchable games. Because... I can't lie.
0: I was nervous. Like, through the course of this NFL season, like, this was like, all right, we've only got this handful of good teams this year. Like, what if it's just kind of like one of these teams gets bumped off in the playoffs? Like, and it's just gross, right? Like, we, we have, like, this this run where just, like, a team gets lucky. Like, I don't know. We
1: could be watching the Vikings in the NFC Right. Game. Or,
0: you know, even, like, a team like the Jags who are a good story, right? Like, you know, good for the Jags, but... I don't want to watch the Jaguars play an AC title game or the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Next year we'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, fun, man. Um so there we are. Two two fun games. Um, the Jets just hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. So this what a what a way to uh, to cap off uh, talking about some great football uh, by bringing up Nathaniel Hackett.
0: I listen, man. Michael Fleur got thrown in. I know some Jets fans that probably don't like Michael Fleur because the results happened this season, but it wasn't, there was no way that he, he was, he should have been the scapegoat for what transpired this year.
1: No. Um, so we'll, we'll have uh, plenty more on, you know, we'll, we'll have time to, uh, to talk about some of the, the oh, lot of offensive time. coordinators opening. Time. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of time for that. So, on that note, uh, we're going to end the show here. Uh, please enjoy uh, the games this weekend because, like I said, they're going to be good. Um, you can find all our work on chartfootballanalysis.com. Rich has uh, the worksheet uh, up for uh, both of these games. Uh, we have a whole bunch of other content uh, coming up for uh, the games this weekend. We'll have plenty coming in the next couple of weeks, coming into the Super Bowl. Uh, after the Super Bowl, everything you want uh, is going to be on the site. So You can find Rich on Twitter at WardReeves. Find me on Twitter at Dan Pezuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.